Welcome to the Nancy Rubin Podcast. The Ajax episode. Thank you so much for listening to our last episode about gifts. We are really proud that our podcast has been listened to in France, the United States, Israel and South Africa. As well, of course, as the United Kingdom. We are about to enter the month of November. And that's the month where we learn about Remembrance Sunday. To help us learn about this special day and about World War II, we are very honoured that Mr Ron Shelley from the wonderful organisation Egypt has been able to join us. Thank you so much for coming to Nancy Rubin Primary School. How does Ajax help people that used to be in the army? Well, let me let me tell you. Um, you know, as you get older, not everybody does well. Some people become ill. Some people find that uh, they, 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 they haven't got a proper job and uh, their health is not very good. So we have to try and help them. And what we do is we, um, if, if, if a person, we had a man in Israel who had served in the Jewish man only I'm only talking about Jewish men now and women so he'd served in in the in Burma in 1944 because the war was all over the world so he'd served in Burma in 1944 and he went to live in Israel in 1988 uh, with his wife and he got into certain difficulties his wife died He was looked after by his family, but they found it got more and more expensive and they asked us if we could help him out to help him so he could live a little better life. So we now now give him a cash money every week to help him pay his food and clothing and to live a better life. We also, and you will see elderly men around in in Hendon or in Edgware where I live. If you see a man on one of these scooters in the in the road, you know one of these elderly. You've seen them. They're on the pavement very often. They they get in the way. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, many of those men can't afford to pay for that because it's very expensive. So we go to uh, other uh, we and other charities will raise maybe three thousand pounds, and we buy him a scooter. and he then can he becomes mobile he can get out of his home he can go down to the shops he can go and meet some friends and so forth so we try to uh, make a better life for him which is what 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 we do we also have people we had one lady who approached us who was an ex-service lady and she had problems with her ears she went to her local doctor and he said well unfortunately that what you require for your ears is not on the National Health Service. So, we, what, you know, when you go to the doctor, you're not well, they give you pills. or they, So he, she wanted hearing aids, but the particular hearing aids that she wanted, you couldn't get on the National, and she couldn't afford to buy them. So she came to us and we helped her out. It's that sort of thing, right, we do for Jewish men and women, and sometimes their children. Sometimes if, if their son or daughter has a problem and their father was a Jewish ex-serviceman, we would help them out as well. So we have a fun. And one other thing we also do is we, have, uh, we help people, um, uh, many Jewish men and women go into elderly homes, some in Hendon, and instead of living at home, 
they get they're not well they they're getting old they can't look after themselves so they go into home uh, you may have uncles or aunts who may be who might be in that position and we like to help them so if they need some more furniture we will provide some furniture for them and uh, that's that's the sort of thing that we do did people have to go to war or did they go on a voluntary basis right well before before uh, 1914 any any man both whether it was jewish or not jewish who went to war because this country was was at war was on a voluntary basis but in 1914 the war was so terrible the first world war the great war as it was called then was so terrible really terrible that there weren't enough men there were too many men being killed young men of 19 18 19 20 were being killed as a result of which there wasn't enough men who were volunteering and therefore the government had to bring in laws, what they called conscription, where you were forced to go into the army. And that applied. And after the Second World War, and I, 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 Second World War, that's what happened, and I, I, I was called up, uh, what we call a post-war national serviceman, and I got a letter one day which says, Ron Shelley, you will report to Devizes Barracks here is a ticket, a train ticket, and you will be there at 8am in the morning. Never asked me whether they wanted to go. Never suggested, I said to me, would you like to come? No, no, you went. And lots of other Jewish boys in the, in the Second World War, there were 60,000 Jewish men who served, many of them young, 18, 19, 20. And in, after the war, there were 10,000 young men like me who went in for two years. So the answer to your question was, up to 1914, or 1916 to be precise, but up to 1914, they were all volunteers. After 1940, some were volunteers, and some were, and the rest were all conscripted. Did the soldiers feel brave, or were, or were they fearless? Fearful. Well, Fearful. it's a very good, very good question. It depends, you know... Um, when you when you're involved in a war, and it's it's it's, and you have a job to do, you both, you're obviously very, in one respect you're a bit afraid because you don't want a bullet to hit you, do you? That's the last thing you want. On the other hand, you're trying to perhaps kill somebody else. Now that's not a normal feeling. You know, when we don't we don't. We're not brought up with the idea that we're going to kill somebody in a war and we don't want someone to kill us. So we're both brave, but also we're a bit fearful. We're a bit concerned because of that. And it's a very difficult, difficult position. In 1940, long before your time, when I was a boy, the Battle of Britain took place. Come on, yeah. And I had a boy sat next to me in school boy called Don Plant. It wasn't a Jewish school, I was an evacuee. Another story. And he didn't come to school one day because a German bomber coming over was caught up by a British night fighter because the night fighter wanted to shoot him down. And so the German bomber, in order to get speed on, dropped his bombs, one on Don Plant's house in the countryside, he got killed. And that's how it was. And fighter pilots in the Battle of Britain you know, you've ever seen any films about the Roman gladiators? Uh, you had a Roman gladiator came in there, and a Roman gladiator came in there, and they had one idea. One of them was going to go out dead, and one of them was going to go out alive. In the Battle of Britain in 1940, and there were Jewish pilots in the Battle of Britain, right up there, 
the Spitfires on the one side, the Messerschmitts on the other side, one idea. One of us is not going to survive this particular battle. Were they fearful? Yes. Were they brave? Yes. Was it possible for Jewish soldiers to observe Judaism? Well done. Very good. The answer, of course, it was possible. Oh, yes. But it depends where you were. Because it wasn't always possible. If you were fighting as the Jewish brigade was fighting in Italy, or the, the many Jewish men were in North Africa in the deserts, or they were in the jungles of Burma, or they were on the ships crossing the Atlantic, which were being torpedoed. Jewish food wasn't always available. Kosher food wasn't always available. And therefore it was permitted, and the chief rabbi gave a, sent a notice out, that you must not be hungry. It was not acceptable for any soldier or sailor or airman to be hungry, if they had to eat meat or other foods, which were normally you wouldn't do so, life was more important at that moment of time. Because you were a soldier, you had to look for your country, but you also had to look for yourself. So there was Jewish food available in all the camps. Uh, in 1944 in Italy, they had Pesach on the front line. They had kosher, they had uh, chicken soup and knadles and mozzas, uh, but that was a bit of an exception. But that's how it was. So wherever they could, they would keep kosher. Wherever they could. But there were times when they had food which was not kosher. Because they had to look after themselves. Because that's how, that's what God expects. You must look after yourself in all circumstances. And, that, and there were many circumstances in war where there was no kosher food available. And you were not allowed to starve. So the answer was yes. They, we did our very... And there were chaplains. There were men who went round called chaplain, Jewish chaplains to the forces and they would visit Jewish men all over the world and they, they were always carried kosher food. But that wasn't enough if there was a lot of Jewish men around. We have been learning about the Blitz in our class. Did you go into a bomb shelter and what was it like spending so much time underground? What did you do to keep yourself busy? Well, the Blitz, you know what the Blitz was? The Blitz, of course, after the Battle of Britain in 1940, which the Germans lost, they started to bomb England. And they bombed England continuously then, but in the first part of the war, every night, for 57 nights, continuously, without a break, the German bombers came over to London, to Liverpool, to Manchester, to Coventry, to Newcastle, all the big cities of this country, and dropped their bombs. So. People had to go into bomb shelters, and there were shelters in your home, called a Morrison shelter. There were shelters in your garden, called an Anderson shelter. There were shelters in the underground, and there were sometimes special built shelters which the local council put up as well. Uh, I didn't, we had a shelter where I lived. I lived in the country at that time because I was an evacuee. And we had a shelter in the garden, but we didn't have to use it very much. Very often, we, if the, what you, how do we know there was a what, air raid going to take place? I thought that was an alarm. Yeah, well, it was called a siren. It was called a siren. It's quite right. It is an alarm. And we then, and what did we do? Um, I think you just went to the shelter. We did. And stayed for like. How do we know when to come out? There was another siren. 
And there was another siren, absolutely right. So that's when we knew where to come out. But if we had a shelter in the garden, the problem with the shelter in the garden was that when it rained, it was all there. So it wasn't a very pleasant experience to run out in the middle of the night sometimes. And what did you take with you? What did you have to take with you? Food and money? No. Good idea. Um, Don't miss Yes, it's a good idea to take both food and money. But yes. What you had to take with you was a gas mask. Everybody. Why? It might be hard. No, it might be. Yes, it might be harder. A very good answer. And it also might be if the Germans dropped gas bombs, you needed your gas mask. So you had to take your gas mask everywhere. Yes. And you also had to wear uh, clothing. What colour? If or some bit of clothing. Yellow. What? No. Green. No. Um, how do you see black. people? No. Yeah, black is right. But how are you going to see people at Silver. night? What would? What's the best colour? Neon. No. What's the very best colour yeah. for people to see you at night? White. Yes. Uh, of course. So when you, if you had to go out in the middle of the night as you often did with the bombing started in, at seven or eight o'clock at night or later, and you had to dash out, you always had something white so people could see you. Other That's people could see you, and you could see other people. Did they have white pyjamas? Uh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Absolutely. That was, that was uh, the way. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, I'll just tell you one thing. I mean, the underground stations were used for shelters, but one underground station, Bethnal Green, when the siren went off uh, and the bomb signs dropped, a lot of people hadn't got there and they rushed to the entrance of Bethnal Green Shelter. They created panic and 170 people got killed in the crush trying to get into the shelter. And everybody slept on the railway, not on the railway lines. If you've been down in the underground stations, yeah. they slept on the platforms down, not in Hendon, because that's not an asteroid. It's a, it's a station, but not what we call an underground station. It's not a tube station. I'm talking about the deep tube stations. And everybody slept on the, on the, ta on the platforms. And if you wanted to go to the loo, where did you go? Uh, I know. Dig a hole. Well, you didn't dig a hole. You couldn't do that. What did you do? Where did you go? No, it's a good. It's a good answer. A very good. Oh, Maybe um, you know how on the train tracks was like a gap. Correct, absolutely correct. It I tell you, with a lot of people down there, it was a bit of a smell. Let me tell you. But that's exactly that's exactly what you did. I've seen young people go on the Ajax mark. Why are they there if they didn't fight in the war? Well, I will tell you, we do have a lot of young people. We have a lot of people from Jewish schools. Uh, this year we've got uh, JFS, Jewish, what was Jewish Free School. Uh, we have JCOS, uh, Hasmonean. We have a number of Jewish schools who come. Usually they're about 13 years old uh, when they come. They come for two reasons. One is that some, many of them have grandparents who served in the, in the army or the navy and they come to remember them. And secondly, we're encouraging, look, all of you know that in, we as Jews, we remember, we have religious remembrance, Passover, uh, Pace, sorry, Passover, Purim, Hanukkah and so forth. And you no doubt your grandparents, you understand with uh, um, personal remembrance, they say Kaddish, if, they've got a, if, if your parents had a father who had died, they would say Kaddish once a year, they would light a candle, a yurtzaika, they may go to shore and be called up. 
It's also national remembrance. We like to remember men and women who serve this country because to enable us to win the war. If we wouldn't have won the war, and if Hitler would have won the war, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Your teacher wouldn't be here. So we go to remember, and we try to encourage young Jewish men, 13, 14 years old, to come with us, join us, in order to remember for one afternoon a week, a year, the situation. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. We all was pretty scared, I tell you. When you're holding a rifle, and the idea is, if 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 a situation arose, you're supposed to shoot it and kill someone. That's not very pleasant. Not pleasant at all. So I understand that you would be scared. Now, most of us are a bit of heart. Jewish people have been in the fall. Jewish people came back to England in the 1650s at the time of Cromwell. A hundred years later, at 1759, we had Alexander Schomburg, whose father was a German Jew who had immigrated into England, who became a the doctor or physician at Bevismark Synagogue, and he was commanding a uh, a boat, a ship called the HMS Diana, and he helped General Wolfe win the Battle of Quebec, defeat the French, and that's how, how Canada became a British possession. And since then, we've had Jewish soldiers in all the big battles, with Nelson at Trafalgar, with Wellington at Waterloo, in the Crimea in South Africa, the World War I battles, the World War II battles. We had a Jewish boy who died in the Falklands in 1982. We had another Jewish boy, Paul Mervis, Lieutenant Paul Mervis, who died in Afghanistan in 2009. So we've still got two or three hundred Jewish young men and a few women who are in the forces today. Thank you so much for coming to Nancy Rubin Primary School. We are so glad that we were able to learn about Remembrance Day, Sunday, and of the great work that Ajax did. We hope that it will make the day itself even more meaningful for us. Thanks again to Mr Shelley for joining us. It means so much to us. Please join us for our next episode, where we shall be joined by Chai Kontaket on... The Nancy Rubin Podcast.